0: Time for the Car Doctor on AM950WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the Car Doctor, John Paul, on AM950WROL. The spirit of Boston.
1: Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM950WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. Well, it's a at least here down in uh, Marina Bay, it's a pretty foggy Saturday morning. But we have a lot of things to talk about today. We're going to talk about the um, 2019 Volkswagen Tiguan uh this week we had a New England Motor Press Association meeting and uh an old friend from the New England Motor Press Association Mike Albano who has uh, risen through the ranks at General Motors and Cadillac and uh, he was out visiting with us with uh, one of his uh, one of his folks Joel Hoffman we we'll, we did a little taped interview we'll have Joel up in a little bit also a couple of kind of product reviews to talk about uh, one of them, and we kind of touched on these a little bit last week, one of them is a dash cam. Dennis and I talked about that. And if you're looking for Dennis, he is uh, he is uh, on vacation, and Keith is filling in for Dennis this week. And um, so we're going to talk about the dash cam, which is which is um, really hard to pronounce name. I think it's May and it's a 70 My Pro is the version of it we'll talk about that a little bit later Um, I had it in the car for a few weeks kind of testing it out and then also a um, portable power washer from uh, the works company and uh, talk about that a little bit but uh, one of the most exciting things coming out speaking of Volkswagen is the Volkswagen ID it is a Uh, Dune buggy concept, it's appearing at Pebble Beach right now, and the idea takes its idea of the legendary dune buggies into the age of electric mobility with a 62-kilowatt battery. It's designed to reach an estimated range of about 155 miles. The uh, next-gen design is off-road ready and features no roof or doors. Uh, the purest uh, beach cruiser experience. The ID uh, is built on the new Volkswagen MEB platform, and that's the platform that Volkswagen is going to use on a lot of their electric cars. They've decided. Well, diesels are not the way to go. Well, you know what happened with them, and um, so they're going to uh, they're going to use this new electric platform. 155 mile range in uh, a dune buggy design is not too bad, um, but uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Also, if you won trivia last week, uh, I left your address here at the station, but it was still here, so I'll mail out your AAA membership uh, winning prize this week, and uh, you'll you'll get it sometime sometime in the mail. But the new Doom Buggy looks uh, looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. So uh, an electric Doom Buggy. I don't I don't know. I might I might miss the engine sound. So I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. And we got a uh, note from. Uh, our listener Paul in Braintree, that um, let me know about a class action suit that is, uh, and I have a little problem with class action suits anyway because, I, I, you know, sometimes it seems like the lawyers are the only ones who make money, but owners and leasees of certain Cadillac models with the Q-touchscreen, that's the touchscreen system, are suing over an alleged defect that causes the display to crack, bubble, and delaminate and become unresponsive. Uh, consumers claim they had to pay between hundreds and thousands of dollars to repair or replace the damaged screens. It bothers me they had to re- pay between hundreds and thousands. Seems like it should be one or the other. But uh, uh, And now they're fighting for their money back. Lawsuits already filed over the issue alleged Cadillac manufacturer GM knew about the apparent defect or recklessly failed to spot it before installing the device in his car. If you had issues with your Cadillac Q touchscreen display, you should know your legal options and you can learn more at classaction.org. I don't know. Again, I have I work with the guy every time he gets a class action thing in the mail, he fills it out and every once in a while he gets a check for $10 or $20 or something like that. I I, I don't know. Um the one-and-done recall. This is the weirdest recall I've ever heard of. Um, one owner of a 2019 Ram 1500 was won an all-expense-paid trip to uh, a dealer for an 18-minute uh, repair. Well, not really, but uh, Ford Motor Company recall V83 covers a single pickup truck with a faulty instrument cluster, according to documents posted on the NHTSA website last week. The action is related to a March recall of Dodge Chargers Challenges Chrysler's company later discovered that the suspect software linked to a problem also was used on one Ram 1500 truck built December 6th and shipped to a U.S. dealership. That meant FCA had to go through the formal process of issuing a recall, including all the usual paperwork and nationwide dealer notifications, even though a single phone call probably worked. Uh, Customers are a priority, Uh, a spokesman said in an email. If we identify an issue, we act accordingly, regardless of volume. One? One vehicle? FCA's filings with NHTSA estimate the repair will take 0.3 tenths of an hour labor, but note that because the replacement part can't be ordered until the affected pickup is brought in for service, the dealership should attempt to minimize customer inconvenience by placing the owner in a loaner vehicle. Hmm. A quote from Jay Leno, says, I predict the child born today probably has as much of a chance as driving a gasoline car as people today have been driving with a stick shift. They'll still be around, just not as many of them. Well, I don't know. Uh, Jay Leno is going to be over in October, and I think it's, a, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but I think it's the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, something like that. Uh, there is going to be a big Concor, uh, Concorde d'Elegance of Newport, and it's going to take place in part with the Audrain Car Museum and the Tennis Hall of Fame. This is how little I know about Newport. I didn't know there was a Tennis Hall of Fame. But it's going to be taking place uh, throughout the entire community of Newport over this kind of four-day weekend where uh, uh, John Legend is going to be singing one night. Uh, you can find out more information about all of the events including um, who else is going to be there? Well, Jay Leno is going to be there. The guy who does his appraisals on his TV show, Osborne, is going to be there. Osborne. Uh, And I think Kenny Loggins is going to be there, the musical entertainment for that night. So it's going to be a big event. Uh, AAA has asked me to broadcast from there on Saturday morning during the event so we'll have to do that we'll have to figure out how that works and then on sunday there's an award there is a uh, a competition they call it the 30 under 30 award and it's where uh people under 30 years old that have spent less than $30,000 on a car somebody will get an award and that award will be ju- or that competition will be judged by Jay Leno and I might be giving out the award. I haven't heard yet. So we'll have to find out. We'll have to. Time will tell whether that's all going to happen. Or I, Well, I know 90% of it's going to happen. We'll see whether the boss wants to actually give out the award. But if the boss doesn't give out the award, I think I am. So we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. Um. Counterfeit auto parts and uh, memorabilia are big business, uh, so big that Porsche has an in-house team of three people. They call them the brand protection officers who confiscated more than 200,000 items worth nearly $70 million last year, the company said. About 80% of counterfeit items come from China. Some appear to be professionally made and are hard to spot. As fakes, the company said, but others are obvious. The products are far cheaper than normal. Or the Porsche emblem has been poorly copied, according to uh, one of the people on the team. We sometimes also find a different animal is shown in the center of the logo. So, for example, instead of the Porsche horse, it could be a sheep standing on its hind legs. Well, then it's not really a Porsche, then, is it? And then there are truly bizarre items to try to leverage the automaker's uh, brand image. Uh, so all kinds of weird stuff. Um uh, who knows? But uh, a Porsche sheep? Yeah, that's probably a fake one. The, you know, there's there's a guy I work with that that bought a uh, bought a Porsche. Uh, I think it's like a 2003. He's Got a good deal on it, under twenty five thousand dollars, and only has twenty five thousand miles on it. But he just ordered new uh, emblems for the wheels. He had the wheels reconditioned, had new center caps put on them. I'll have to look at the center caps and see if they're see if it's a sheep or a horse on them. So, hmm. Automotive issues, is still the number one complaint on the annual uh, Consumer Federation of America. Uh, when I was out talking to Metro West Consumer Council members back um, a month and a half or so ago, uh, yeah, they still say it's uh, home repair and uh, and car repair. A Massachusetts man with cognitive disability was sold two vehicles when he just wanted one. The dealership also misread the man's income, inflating his Social Security pay by $4,000. A Maryland woman tried to transfer the vehicle title of her recently deceased husband into her name, rather than informing her the vehicle would have to be lawfully passed through the estate. The dealer brought her out uh, of the remaining, uh, bought her out of the remaining balance and resold it to her with an extended loan term and slightly lower interest rate. As a result, the woman became liable for almost $10,000 more for the vehicle. An elderly man in Arkansas was coerced into signing a financial contract for a new $50,000 vehicle trading in his own car. Couldn't afford the new vehicle, and he did not understand the terms of the agreement upon signing it. A woman in Ohio financed a used vehicle and three finance insurance products from the dealership. For more than two years, the customer was told to pay for repairs that could have been covered by the products. A consumer affairs office discovered the deal and never notified the warranty company that she had bought the coverage. Uh, These are not typical of all car transactions, according to Susan Grant, the Federation's Director of Consumer Protection and Privacy. But these are the kind of incidents that cause people to complain or get relatives to help them out. Yeah, I guess. Um, And those are the kind of things, unfortunately, those are the kind of things you see. And those are the kind of things that aggravate me about the business because it— The automotive business could be a good business. It doesn't have to be that way. Well, like I said, I was at the New England Motor Press Association this week, and I had the opportunity to sit down with Joel Hoffman. He's an engineering program manager for Cadillac, and it was at the monthly Motor Press meeting. And my question to Joel simply was, tell me about the new Cadillac XT6.
2: Yeah, sure. In the Cadillac showroom, uh, most people are familiar with the uh, Escalade that we've had in there for a while, our full-size SUV. Uh, Our highest volume model for the last several years has been the XT5, which is a two-row, five-passenger vehicle. And we felt we needed to have a vehicle in between those two, and that there's a market out there for that. And that's what the XT6 is. It's a three-row, six- or seven-passenger crossover to fill that, uh, that market need. And it's, it's a lot of
1: times three-row crossovers. The third row is kind of, well, it's there,
2: but it's not usable. This is actually a three-row crossover that adults can sit in the back seat, right? Right. That was very intentional on our part because you're right. There's a number of vehicles out that have a third row, but it really is very minimal or oriented toward the kids. And we wanted to have a vehicle where it's a legitimate third row. You can take your adult friends with you. Uh, you could have adult children use it and uh, you have enough space to make them comfortable. And once you have the size for that, if you fold the seats down, you also have a a tremendous amount of cargo space.
1: And it's a vehicle that's all-wheel drive, uh, an SUV that New England can appreciate, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to come in all-wheel drive. But interestingly, all-wheel drive is also, there's a sport mode, which makes it a pretty sporty SUV, too, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. We do offer a front-wheel drive-only model, um, but we, we offer on our premium luxe either front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. And then on the sports, they're always all-wheel drive. But, as you, as you suggested, when you get the all-wheel drive system, you can put it in a front-wheel drive mode. Where it actually disconnects the prop shaft from the engine. The prop shaft is static in that condition, and it saves you the fuel economy. If you want to switch to all-wheel drive, you just push a button, you go into all-wheel drive mode, and you get the traction benefits of that, as well as, as you mentioned, the sport. We've got a number of features in the sport where you can actually take advantage of the all-wheel drive system for a more dynamic driving experience.
1: And. Although the, the different models are obviously pretty similar, they do have their own unique characteristics. When you look at it, you see a different grille on one. You see
2: different wheels and tires on another. So um, they're not all exactly the same. That's right. Uh, we did do some differentiation by appearance. Uh, the premium luxe models have primarily trim done in galvano chrome, sort of a muted chrome. And then if you switch to the sport model, a number of those moldings go to gloss black. So there's an exterior difference, there's different tail lamps, there's a different uh, front grille with more sport appearance. But more than that, we actually wanted it to not just be an appearance package. We wanted it to be a different. So there's a faster steering gear in the, in the sport. We do a different all wheel drive system which is a twin-clutch all-wheel drive which allows for some additional dynamic control that will allow you to reduce the neutral character of the car and get you a little more rear-biased. Um, we provide uh, different tuning for the transmission and the, and the engine as far as their shift cowls and, and uh, throttle maps. And we also provide um, uh, heavy-duty cooling in our sports for those people that want to drive more enthusiastically. When the car was being designed, what was sort of the customer in mind? Yeah, so the customer, I I would put it sort of in two groups. Um, Certainly in this size range and with three seats, we open ourselves up to families. Um, Probably uh, uh, college-educated, somewhat successful families that uh, are interested in a a luxury mid-size SUV Mm -hmm. with three rows of seats, either because they have more kids or their kids have friends they want to take with them and they can support those kinds of things. Um, The other customers are people more like myself, where my kids are out of the house, but my wife and I like to go for a weekend or go out for dinner with a couple other couples, you know, six of us, and rather than having to go into two cars, we can comfortably go into one, and I think that works very well. Is this a car that someone's going to kind of move
1: up in Cadillac, or do you see this as a conquest car from another auto line?
2: Well, I think in our case, it we're looking for more of a conquest kind of thing. So, it's true there are probably in, in our showroom with the XT4 and now entering the fold. That's a little bit lower price point, a little smaller and sportier, probably more oriented to a single or, or a young couple kind of thing. The XT5 is is larger and is actually pretty popular with a little bit older crowd, um, people that have matured and, and don't have kids because there's no in that third row. So we see the XT6 kind of being curiously. In some respects, a step up from the X-T5 as far as price point and some of our content. It's really Lux 4, is what we would call it. But because it ha- opens up that usefulness for a family, it's a little more family-oriented. So we, we assume our buyer's demographic will probably be just a little bit younger than the X-T5. And then there will be uh, some uh, also in the X-T5 uh Demographic range where they're looking for some more space because they're bringing friends and they're bringing stuff with them. Is pricing announced, yet? Pricing is announced. Our uh, our premium luxury model starts at about fifty-two, a little over fifty-two, and the sport because it has all-wheel drive standard, it has uh, computer-controlled suspension standard, and some other features in the sport model. That one starts around fifty-seven. That somehow sounds like a bargain in this category of cars. We think so. We think uh, if we were to go through the list of all the standard contents for driving features and safety features in the car, we think it will stand very well. And, of course, as I'm sure you know, you know the devil's in the details when you do comparisons because you can find an Internet model out there or something, but you if to look at the content, I think it will stand up quite well.
1: Sounds great. Can't wait to drive it a little bit more.
2: And that was uh, Joel Hoffman,
1: the engineering program manager from Cadillac for the XT6. Cadillac's uh, latest uh, sport utility vehicle. Uh, they are still uh, doing sedans, though. And what one of the things, I mean, people have said to me, oh, it looks like a Chevy Traverse. It looks like this. So one thing I'll say about it is it is quite nicely done inside. The Cadillac grill, I thought they did a really good job on. And one of the questions I asked Joel when we were out taking it for a ride was, um, is there going to be a Cadillac V model, so the high-performance model? And he looked at me, sort of smiled, and said, well, you know, I can't talk about future products. I'm taking that as a yes. I think there will be a a performance version of it. And then we went back to uh, the headquarters of Automotion where my test cars come from, and uh, we listened to the rest of the presentation, had a nice dinner. Uh, We actually had barbecue that night. Kind of something different for us from uh, Dave's Diner. Dave's Diner is a, a local Middleborough place. They own uh, Harry's, Dave's Diner, and a place further down the street. I can't remember. Uh, Dave's Diner is an old-fashioned looking diner, um, and uh, they came up and uh, they came up and actually smoked ribs and sausages, uh, ribs and hot dogs and hamburgers, and they did a nice job. I just skipped right over all the all the salad, just went right for the ribs and came back <laughs> and came back for more. Why don't we take a quick break when we come back? Yeah, salad's so boring. Salad's so boring, yes, that's right. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about um, dash cams and power washers, and maybe we'll even do a trivia question. Got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, but uh, give us a call at 617 770
3: 3030. We'll Just be right back. to get on the road life I love is making music
4: with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again Yeah, I
1: don't think it's a ragtop day today, in spite of what uh, Jimmy Buffett's saying. I don't think it's a ragtop day, but it might turn into one. You never know. Maybe head, head away from the water it might, uh, it might. the fog may clear up, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, I never thought much of the idea of having a dash cam. I, I didn't quite get it, um, but in today's world, having a record of your driving might make some sense. And like I said, I've been recently I've been testing a dash cam by a company called Showme. It's X I A O M I. So I'm going with Showme, and it's called the 70 May or My Pro, uh, 70 M A I Pro. This is a self-contained dash cam with some very interesting features. To start with, the sample that I've been trying has an added uh, GPS module, so that way you know exactly where your footage, recorded footage took place, longitude and latitude, so you know exactly where you are. Um, When you first hook it up, uh, it it asks you to drive at speeds above 20 kilometers and uh, to calibrate the module. And it uh, also has advanced driver assistance uh, functionality. Uh, So the camera will tell you in a voice... When you're drifting out of your lane, or when the cars in front of you were moving and you weren't, so if you're setting a light, and all of a sudden the car in front of you goes, it says uh, vehicle moving, so it tells you to get moving, uh, and it also, like I said, tells you if you're drifting out of the lane, which apparently I do more often than not. But the real the real issue is um, when you're drifting out of the lane, or it thinks you're drifting out of the lane. Some of the reason is the lane markings aren't very good. So it sees it can't see well when the paint's worn or the, or the pavement's cracked and actually thinks you're drifting out of a lane and you're not really. The video function ran all the time. It records these little short clips, like six or seven seconds, and uh, it would rewrite over the memory card. And if you did get into a crash, the video would be saved on additional files. So what happens is if something does happen, it locks that file down so you always have a permanent record that won't rewrite over that. Also, you can tell the camera to take a picture while you're driving. So if you see something interesting, and I did this a couple times. It actually worked pretty well. You you just say, um, take a picture, and it clicks and it saves the picture. Um, the other feature is a surveillance feature. So if you have it in the car and you have the car shut off and somebody opens and closes a door, someone bumps the car, it actually starts recording. So you might have an idea if somebody's, Doing something with your car. Last weekend, I was doing some work around the house. I was in and out of my car a lot, and it was always constantly recording me going in and out of the car. Um, I don't know how long the battery lasts. It has a self-contained battery, but it also plugs into uh, either a cigarette light or a USB port. One kind of interesting feature about it is it connects through Wi-Fi to your phone. So if you have a smartphone and you download their app, and it's not Bluetooth. It's actually Wi-Fi and that way you can actually look at the video you can manipulate the camera through your phone but you can also decide if you there's a video clip you want it makes it easier for you to email that clip to somebody or use it so it has some nice functionality that was um some of the things i didn't care for the advanced driver assistant voice function seemed annoying it seemed like it It was a little too much. And, again, some of it's the road markings. Uh, Sometimes uh, the camera would tell you like you were drifting out of the lane. Um, And also the reminder the car in front of you was moving seemed a little unnecessary to me. Some of the things I liked, uh, the overall video quality, I thought was actually really good. Setup uh, was pretty easy, even though there was just about zero directions. The uh, directions were a little fold-up thing. And mostly that told you how to download the app. And then once you had the app, you kind of went back and forth between the camera and your phone to get it to work. And again, once it once it once I had it set up, it worked pretty easy. I have tried a camera similar to this before that had no directions and I struggled. We'll put it that way. Um this, it used it didn't use like a suction cup mount, it used like a static um cling mount so you peeled off this piece of clear plastic sort of stuck it to your windshield and then you stuck the camera which had adhesive on it to that um probably pretty good if you're a normal person and kept it in one car uh for me switching cars back and forth and i had it in the volkswagen tiguan which we're going to be talking about later Uh, So I had it in there, and taking the static cling thing off just popped right off. I was surprised how easy it came off. So that worked pretty well, uh, but I would think I would have preferred some kind of clip. The nice thing about it is where it was mounted like that, it was literally stuck to the windshield, which meant the video was really stable. So good or bad, I think, again, from moving it from one family car to another, might be a little bit uh, problematic using it, but on the other hand, once it's on there, it's on there, and it's, it's good. The field of view was quite good. The camera lens could be easily moved to get the best footage, so it, it rotated up and down, and once it was in place, it stayed in place, uh, kind of like that. Power supplied by a long cable that can plugged into a USB power supply or a cigarette lighter socket. The uh, system came with a uh, lighter adapter plug with two USB ports, so if you only had one cigarette lighter plug, and you used it for, well, anything but a cigarette lighter these days, I guess. But uh, it had a double outlet in it, so if you wanted to plug in something else, a cell phone charger, a radar detector, something else, you had at least you had two connections to plug in. Uh, It also had a little tool, a little plastic tool for tucking the cord away. Again, I didn't make this a permanent installation, so I wasn't fussy about the installation, I just plugged it in, I ran the wire under the floor mat, tucked it along the edge of the door gasket, so up along the edge of the door, it fit in there perfectly, um, up to the top of the roof, and rather than trying to tuck it up under the headliner, I just looped it across over the sun visor, and then down into where it attached. And actually, for the minute and a half I took to install it, it actually looked pretty neat and simple and worked out pretty good with you know spend five or five or ten more minutes you could actually make a nice permanent looking installation so uh, again pretty easy if you're looking for a dash cam because you're concerned about liability maybe you're a ride-hailing driver uber or lyft driver and you want to record the world around you Um, maybe you want to record what's going on in your car you can do that also it has a little video display screen so you can see where it's aimed to. So unlike some other dash cams that don't actually have a display, this actually has a display screen. So it works out pretty good. The Show Me 70 My Pro is easy to recommend at under 80 bucks. It's on Amazon and other places. So again, the name of the cause I I am probably sure I'm having a little problem with the name here, but it's X. X-I-A-O-M-I is the name of the company, and the camera is uh, 70 Mai, so 70-M-A-I. So, for my Chinese friends, sorry about my pronunciation. But again, it, uh, it seems pretty solid. It works pretty good. I dropped it at one point. Didn't seem to bother it. Seemed okay. Seemed okay. Well, I also want to talk about the car the camera was in. And that was the 2019 Volkswagen Tiguan. The all-new Volkswagen Tiguan has grown over the years and is one of the largest SUVs in the compact segment. The Tiguan now comes in seven trim levels in either front or all-wheel drive. To put this into perspective, it's about four inches longer than the very popular Honda CRV. And it ten inches, it's about ten inches longer than a previous model. Uh, when I had the Tiguan, I parked next to an older Tiguan, and you can see how it has grown over the years. Um, this is one of the few SUVs in this category with three rows of seats. The Tiguan's powered by a two-liter turbocharged engine. Um has an eight-speed automatic transmission. Our test drive was in the front-wheel drive SE model, and uh, it has seating for seven. The front seats are comfortable and supportive. This, at six feet tall, there was plenty of head and leg room. The second row seat was also su- surprisingly roomy, even the front, even with the front seats pushed back, and the second row seat actually could move back and forth. It was. Um, it was uh, again pretty pretty comfortable. The third row seat, well designed for kids. Adults won't be comfortable. I don't even think for a short time. I crawled back there once, and uh, and I was like, hmm,
4: hmm
1: not so sure. So um, uh, I would call this occasional use rear seat. With the uh, rear seats folded, cargo space is quite good, rivaling some midsize SUVs. Even uh, with the third uh, with the third row option. Cargo room expands to about 65 cubic feet with the seats folded. If you don't go for the third row seat, you actually gain just a little bit more room. And again, I don't know how they measure this room. I think they um, I think they fill the whole car up with ping pong balls and count how many ping pong balls fit in a cubic foot. But anyway, the controls are generally easy to use. Like many vehicles today, it has smartphone integration with the Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Every car seems to have that but mine, by the way. The large touchscreen generally works well. There's a nice mix of actual buttons to go with the digital display. The system isn't perfect. It's easy to accidentally swipe the control panel and change a radio station, for instance, when that wasn't your intention. There are several small bins for storage, decent cup holders, a smallish glove compartment, even a smaller center console. Like all Volkswagen products, the interior has the appearance of a much more expensive vehicle. On the road, the 184-horsepower engine feels powerful enough to get the job done. Shifting is smooth and precise with a general absence of engine noise. Today, 184 horsepower doesn't sound like much. It does compare to a 38 horsepower air cooled Volkswagen, I suppose. Um, but it works well with the transmission, taking full advantage of all eight speeds. Uh, Whereas some other competitive vehicles, the engine can sound buzzy under hard acceleration. Uh, the Tiguan sounds solid and refined. Uh, fuel economy during my road test averaged about 26 miles per gallon. I would call that a little on the low side for an SUV in that category. My car is technically considered, I guess, kind of a midsize. I get that mileage, so a little bit more room. About the same horsepower, though, so... Tiguan is a fairly quiet vehicle on the road again with little wind and road noise entering the cabin. Overall ride seems slightly biased towards uh, ride comfort than off-road performance, which is what I would prefer in a four-wheel drive SUV. The steering has a nice feel to it the, uh, with good driver feedback. I like the steering a lot in this. I thought it felt very connected to the road, like a lot of Volkswagens do, like Audis do. You can tell where you can tell where it all comes from. Overall, this compact SUV ride and handles more like a sedan than an SUV. Think of it as a really big Volkswagen Golf. The Tiguan by Volkswagen is a very competent SUV, and although it doesn't stand out in any one area, as an overall package, the Tiguan by Volkswagen is certainly a vehicle worth considering. Uh, I don't believe it's been crash-tested yet. Uh, The one that I drove... uh, was actually twenty six six ninety five, which, considering, wasn't wasn't that bad. EPA says you should get twenty two city, twenty nine highway. Again, I got just about twenty six, so so not not too too bad, not too too bad as things go. Uh, some of the other things in the news, and again, our phone lines are open. If you want to join us, at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. That's how you get through and talk to us. Maybe you're, I don't know. Maybe you're out at Pebble Beach or something. I don't know where every where everybody where everybody is. Everybody but me. Mini finds itself in a uh, kind of interesting crisis, a small car maker in an SUV world, declining volumes, coupled with anemic uh, product pipeline. This is according to Automotive News. I uh, have this brand's U.S. retailers growing restless. Mini's U.S. sales, which were launched in 2002, peaked at 65,000, 66,000 in 2013. The company declared that year it would sell more than 100,000 vehicles here by 2020. Uh, probably going to sell half that many. The uh, So what are they going to do? Well, they're going to try an electric Mini. BMW suggested that the Cooper SE could be a foreshadow of the future. So... Uh, a Mini with a hundred and fourteen mile range. Not enough range. Uh, I think two hundred miles is at least what you have to do. Electromobility is a perfect fit for the urban, progressive, open minded customer. Again, I I you know, I think they can do better than that because they've done better with uh they've done better with some other with uh, some BMW products. So but we'll have to wait and see. But their lineup, a hard top, a twenty nineteen model carries uh standard LED versions of minis uh Uh, Headlights, the Mini Cooper SE, the new full electric Mini, will go on sale first quarter of 2020. It's powered by a 135-kilowatt motor that delivers 181 horsepower and capable of going from 0 to 62 in 7.2 seconds. The redesign is expected in two years after that. The Clubman, a refreshed uh, Mini Clubman and John Cooper Works Edition are on their way. The Countryman uh, will also come with a... uh, John Cooper Works version, so that's the hot rod version, and an electric microcar. MINI could launch a three-door electric-powered hatchback in 2022 uh, based on the Rocketman concept, according to AutoCar. The new model would be made in China via a joint venture between BMW and Great Wall Motors. So we'll have to see what's going on. 617-770-3030 is our number. 617-770-3030 is our number.
5: John, take a wild guess who's on.
1: Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Oh, our pal Rick from Boston. Oh, I haven't talked to Rick in a long while. Let's talk to Rick. Rick, good morning.
6: Hey there. Uh, I've been out of state for a little while.
1: Have you? As long as you haven't been in in jail.
6: Well, no, I'm at, uh... (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was once involved in an activity, and uh, that uh, political one, and oh. I won't go into detail, okay. but uh, whenever the police said, you know, move or get arrested, I had to move because of my job.
1: Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't, you, yeah. You don't you, getting arrested is never a good idea.
6: <laughs> no, it would be, be kind of hard to explain to my boss why I was arrested. Yes,
1: yes, that would be true. I think that yeah. would be hard to explain to almost anybody's boss.
6: Yeah, but, um, no, in that, but uh, uh, John, when you're talking about that um, camera for you, Matt, yep. and running your electrical cord under a rug, don't you know all the safety warnings say don't do that? Why is that? Why? Because when you walk on a rug and with an electric cord underneath it, you break the insulation apart, and you can create a fire.
1: Well, I don't know if twelve volts. On a two amp <laughs> on a two amp circuit can really create a fire.
6: Yeah. yeah. Well, um, actually, w- when I was out of state, I was in Virginia, and I came across something that I never saw before on a road, and that and there was um, a whole bunch of you know the railroad gates that they they lower the beam and mm-hmm. say don't mm-hmm. don't go down this don't c- cross this road here, yeah. and well it was about a dozen of them. And It was a, a entrance ramp to a um, center lane, which was the an the express lane, and they would raise and lower the uh, beams at either end to open or close the express lane, depending on whether they want people going north or south. Huh.
1: So this is sort of so instead of uh, like we have here with the zipper lane and having to move barriers all over the yeah. place. Yeah.
6: Huh. Yeah. This was this was a regular permanent setup. They had Jersey barriers on either. Yep. On either side of yep. the uh, center section, which was a uh, two or three lanes wide, and it was an express lane. And uh, depending on the time of day, or, and that they could raise or lower to make the express lane going north or south.
1: Hmm. That's uh, did it have? Um, were the lanes marked with double with a double yellow line? No,
6: I, no, you know I've 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 seen that down south in that, yep. and that and that didn't surprise me. These were literally boarded off. Huh? You, if you didn't take the uh, right entrance ramp, you couldn't get on it unless you're p- planning on ramming your way through a Jersey barrier.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, maybe someday that will be the self-driving car lane. So you know, you yeah. pull into that with your self-driving car, and then you take a nap till you till it opens up at the other end.
6: Yeah, actually I'm going to wonder what they're going to do with cars, you know, entertainment systems, you know, when they have these self-driving cars because who's going to want to sit in the car for 6 hours and do absolutely nothing? Um yeah, I I don't like
1: to sit in a plane for 3 hours doing nothing, so I don't know. I get pretty so, I get uh, I get yeah, I guess people are just going to I you know, if we really ever do have self-driving cars and it's gonna be if to have a self driving car that's gonna really be be able to drive everywhere is gonna be a yeah. long time coming. Because right now all the self driving cars have to rely on things like lane markings, camera systems, short short yeah. distance communications devices. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that they have to rely on. And the technology isn't there yet. LiDAR, which is the best system, um, you know they're saying now they're coming out with lidar systems that will be under a hundred dollars. Right now they're in the six figure range, and those are the systems that really help guide the car. But um, for all that to work, there's a lot of technology that's going to take place. And I guess you just, you know, you get to the point where it's like it's like being on a train. You get you get in the train car and you hmm. get comfortable, and then you you wake up three hours later when your car shows up where it's supposed to. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. That was Keith. That was Keith's idea. He doesn't think it's going to yeah. happen. No, yeah.
6: never
4: in three hundred yeah, well, years. maybe. the thing is
6: that um, you know, I, I don't expect for me to reach the point where I will be comfortable in a self-driving car mm. and that myself and that because because uh, you're you used know, to driving. Technology's it. great, but it you know it's you know it, it takes a lo- takes a long time to work the bugs out.
1: It it does and that's and that's one of the and and that's one of the things. That that really is it takes a little while and that's why over in the seaport now they're doing some self driving tests with uh with some cars over there and um uh, Newtonomy, which is a company that is um which is part which is part of that. Uh but again, it's very limited to a very specific area. And at some point self driving cars really may be You know, we may see them in your lifetime and my lifetime in very limited areas. I mean, right now, I always tell the story about, because AAA was involved with this out in Las Vegas, there was a self-driving shuttle that ran up and down the Vegas Strip. And it got into a crash. And there was, it made news all around the country. Self-driving shuttle gets into crash. And... What really happened was, once I did a little bit of research, what really happened was the self-driving shuttle stopped and a truck backed into it. And this self-driving shuttle, and I'm making up the number, had you know, millions of dollars worth of technology in it. Millions of dollars worth of technology. What it didn't have was a horn. <laughs> if it had a horn... It could have beeped the horn and the truck wouldn't have backed into it.
6: Well, I don't know about that because when I was uh before I retired I was working and one day I had to call my boss because of uh I was in about in an accident. Yep. Yeah. I was stopped. I couldn't back up because of the vehicle behind me and the car in front of me was backing up and even though I hit the horn the driver ignored the ignored horn it, and yeah. just Yeah. backed into me.
1: Yeah. When the when the truck driver was interviewed He's like, Well, I didn't think the I didn't think the shuttle was and it did the same thing. I didn't think the shuttle stopped that close behind me and that's why I hit it. So yeah. again, it was one of those it was just one of those things that maybe if you know, all this, you know, technology to drive safe and beyond and it actually had a it had a safety driver on it somewhere, but I guess it literally didn't yeah. have a horn. So
5: a, a self honking horn? I yeah, don't that, know.
1: Yeah, that would be a good idea too. A self honking horn. <laughs> Keith might be onto something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, it's a whole other story. Have, you know, with your, with your motorcycle friends, have you seen anybody run dash cams on their motorcycles? I mean, I've seen people, I've seen people run, uh, GoPros on helmets. Um, oh yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll do that. And, um, a lot of times it's, you know, because they're planning on doing something that, uh, is unusual or stupid. Uh, Yeah. I was was going to say stupid. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I and saw that, and that
1: I saw a guy with a dash cam. It looked like a it looked like a body cam that like the cops are wearing now, but it was a it was yeah. a GoPro mounted on a vest, and uh, he was riding a wheelie on Route 95 for about three and a half miles, on on yeah, a well, dirt on a dirt bike that probably that I don't think had a plate on it.
6: All so. right, Johnny. One five near one death. Yeah.
5: John, I think you're giving Johnny Knoxville ideas for the show.
1: Yeah, I don't think I think Johnny Knoxville's already had those ideas. <laughs> hey, Rick, always good to hear from you.
6: Okay, have a good one, John. You
0: bye. too.
1: Bye, bye. Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems. Um, if you're thinking about searching for a used car, according to the people at Auto Trader. It says, searching for used trucks and toys dominate the most researched used vehicles this summer. Uh, So what are people looking for when they're looking for cars? The Ford F-Series pickup, Jeep Wrangler, Chevrolet Silverado, Ford Mustang, Toyota Tacoma, GMC Sierra, Chevrolet Corvette, Dodge Ram 1500, Chevrolet Tahoe, and Honda Accord. Those are the top 10 most researched Vehicles, according to shopping site Auto Trader. So, hmm, six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through and talk to us,
0: Paul and Braintree.
1: Let's talk to Paul and Braintree.
0: Hey, there you go. Good morning. Hey, there John. we go.
7: How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Thank you. Uh, thanks for following up on the. Uh, I got to get off the computer. Yeah. You know, the uh, that one. <laughs> Excuse me, if the Cadillac popped up.
1: Yeah, I, I saw. Yeah, what's I, you're you're an informed individual. What's your feeling on class action suits?
7: Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, actually the pain in the butt on TV because every you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure mesothelioma is a very serious thing, and now there's the Roundup one. I mean, yep. it just you know,
4: yeah, yeah, I'm sure I, it's
7: very serious. But yeah. the lawyers are probably the ones who make all the money.
1: I, you know, that's always that's always my. Th- my thought is, um, although I will say back, I do back a, more than fifteen years ago. My wife's old Volkswagen Cabrio had uh, a problem with the convertible top, and when it was out of warranty, there was a class action suit against Volkswagen for repair of the convertible top. And I actually had it repaired for a hundred bucks, so I was but, yeah. I was I was happy about it. But you know, I th- my favorite class action suit is. Uh, Red Bull, the energy drink. Someone sued Red Bull because apparently it doesn't actually give you wings.
7: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, maybe you know. And if it did give you wings, I'm sure there'd be a lawsuit. I, I
1: think. They, I think you know, your clothes wouldn't fit right afterwards. Who knows what would happen? So you yeah,
7: know? yeah. Uh, so well What my is wings? Really Sorry. simple one today, and I'm just taking advantage of the uh, uh, no sales tax holiday. I need new windshield wipers on my car, and. Um, Any uh, suggestions of what to get and what not to get? Um, How much I should spend?
1: You know, I, I on the last two cars that I needed windshield wipers on, I put Michelin Stealth wipers on. And Michelin Stealth wipers are kind of a hybrid wiper blade with a little bit of a plastic shell over them that sort of protects them against snow and ice. Yeah. And I thought they worked really well. Um they looked. They didn't look awful. They didn't look ugly like. Um, they didn't look ugly like some of the, uh, you know, winter wiper blades do. They look like regular wiper blades. They're not. Right. They're not a unibeam blade, which I was sort of a fan of. Again, for the same reason that snow and ice didn't build up. But on some of the cars with um, long wiper blades, they get a little floppy near the near the end. So um, yeah. prior to that, I was always a big. Trico and Co person. You know, either Trico or Anco. been making wiper blades since wiper blades were put on cars. Um, always a big fan. On on uh, Bosch makes a real nice wiper blade, but they're out of my price range. They're like I don't, I don't know, they're, they're like $40 a wiper blade and hmm. and as good as they are, that sounds too expensive. So,
7: I'll hire somebody to wipe my wiper Yeah, I know.
1: Today. I know. Just have somebody with a squeegee run next to the car. Um <laughs> the uh but the the Michelin ones uh, which I'm sure are made by somebody. They're not made by Michelin, God knows. And they're um, but uh, it's funny. A, a a woman I work with who uh, got all her money's worth out of her wiper blades. She came. She said to me one day, "I think my wipers are worn out." And I went out and looked, and like literally a foot of rubber was hanging off the edge of the blade. And hmm. I said, "I said you've owned this car since 2013. When was the last time you put wipers on it?" And she said, "Never." So, um, so I she she said, "What kind should I get?" And because she's a um, she's a millennial, she doesn't go to stores, so she did Amazon, and the next day had had wiper blades in her hand from the Amazon delivery, and uh, she ordered the Michelin ones, and she said she's really happy with them. She likes the way they work. So,
7: no, I went to actually I went to clean mine yesterday. I got some tree sap on them, oh yeah, and I noticed that um, the driver's side one had. Uh, had well, it was moving on its own. I want oh. to split, yeah, but I figured it's going to scratch the window. Yep, when I least wanted to, so uh, it's, it's a good investment. They're probably, I think, they were Rain X. I bought them, I oh, think yeah. that was it. I yeah. bought them, I think, at AutoZone, yeah, and uh, actually, they put them in for me. There you go. Um, uh, they're okay,
4: mm-hmm. uh,
7: nothing, nothing great. Um, yeah, but, the Rain-X um,
1: ones are supposed to be – the rubber is supposed to be impregnated with Rain-X, which I don't quite understand what the idea is behind that because you put Rain-X on your windows so you don't use your wipers, but they claim they're mm-hmm. supposed to make them slipperier or something.
7: Well, uh, would you find Michelin at – Yeah, I, I, uh, I, the
1: last time I bought them, I think I bought them at uh, either a auto parts store or a Walmart, one or the other.
7: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm close yeah. to both of them. Yeah, it, because uh, uh, near
1: um, where I live, it's it seems to be – Depending on my mood, there's they are within, you know, a half a mile of each other. So yeah, I'll go to one or the other. And and again, and
7: I, I would give a Nobel Peace Prize to anybody who can come up with a solution so that you don't get that uh, um, uh, glaze of fog building up in the inside of uh, of your window. It mm. seems to happen at this time of the year, and I I spent about forty minutes yesterday, uh, even though I got the car wash to yeah. uh, uh, to get it off because it. At this time of the year, the sun is a little bit lower in the sky, and it's it's the worst thing in the world to have yep. that rainbow effect. Yeah, and it, uh, and it really window.
1: yeah, and it really is. You would think your car is old enough now; it would be done outgassing all of the chemicals that are in the car, but yeah. it's not.
7: And, no, um, I mean it is. It isn't, yeah. and um, uh, I think the ventilation system on that is is okay, not yep. great. Yeah, uh, I run it with the air conditioner because that. Uh, when I when I have the defroster on, I think that yeah, or else they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. Fall
1: it down. kind of but. sucks, but but a lot of it, if it if it almost feels filmy, um, it's actually outgassing of all the plastics and foam still. And yeah, um, I this is um, Joanne Paul approved method of cleaning windows. Um, there's a there's an inexpensive window cleaner called Sprayway. It's a old fashioned like Windex kind of foam. You know, yeah. and uh, and it's you know three dollars a can or two for five or something, and uh, it's a spray foam cleaner. S- clean the window with that, um, and get it as clean as you can. Then go over it with a good microfiber towel afterwards, and that really gets the windows pretty spotlessly
7: clean. Yeah, I have a microfiber towel yeah. that I they use. I think I yep. just use Windex but, and that. Yeah, but the spray
1: in, the spray way seems to work better than the liquid. And this all came kind of as a uh, kind of snooping around some of the detail shops, and they use they use sprayway. Uh, s- the other one that's pretty good is Invisible Glass, um, yeah, uh, made by Stoner Products. But the sprayway stuff is half the price, and it works really well.
7: Um, it works so
1: well, it. my wife hides it from me.
7: Okay. Yeah. Uh. I'll buy two and send you one. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, by the way, uh the uh, I think I commented on your Facebook page. The rendering uh, I it was probably at the Mass Motors uh meeting. Yep. They had a rendering. Was, was that a 56 Buick in the background there.
4: It it um no, a Caddy I
1: think. Oh, is that a Caddy. It yeah, like a, I think
7: so. Yeah. A uh, 57. Yeah. Uh by the the, the mark on it. Yeah. It was a Caddy. Yeah. It was uh it wasn't that clear, but yeah, there, no, that was General that, Motors.
1: Yeah, that background, that background um, was kind of unique because the guy who owns the business, the delivery business, the guy by the name of John Lawler. John Lawler for a while had a car show on on WBZ, and he was the uh, menu spiritual and technical advisor to Car Talk uh, on NPR, and hmm. he owns this delivery company that delivers press cars, but the background. I think it came from uh Paul Manette, the guy who does the cruise in new england stuff and uh he got it he got it from him and uh a couple other things from from paul so um he he's uh he he's the building is actually uh, a pretty cool old building because it's down in Middleborough and it was the service facility for the Maxim fire truck factory so it's um it's a building with a full basement. That's that the floor is sturdy enough to hold fire trucks and still have a basement under it. So it's a pretty it's a pretty neat old building, old brick with old fashioned windows in it. I can't imagine what it costs to heat and heat and cool this place, but uh, but it's pretty interesting old but building. Yeah,
7: it looked it looked good in the background. I yeah. it, but again, it uh, I tried to enlarge it, but it was just
4: it yeah wasn't clear enough. Yeah,
7: but um, yeah. Uh, Nice, well, uh, '50s Caddy done. Okay, well, that's well, yeah. It well, he
1: design. he all, he has a couple of uh collector cars of his own, and one of them that he has, and and, and, and you know, it's a rendering, so you don't know what that is. But one of the cars right. he has of his own is a Cadillac, probably like a '58, maybe that was in the Godfather movie. <laughs> and, oh, really, More. and. The car wasn't in great shape, and he did some restoration to it to get it better. But he bought it from a museum and uh, didn't pay a lot of money for it. But when he got it, about a month or so later, he gets a package in the mail, and it's a script to The Godfather signed by all the actors. Gee,
6: it's and worth appara- more than the car.
1: apparently, that's worth more than the car. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah the, so. Uh,
7: the fifty-eight was nice. They had kind of modified fins before they
4: went yeah.
7: crazy in fifty-nine. Yeah, yep. um, the um, but yeah, the was it, <clears throat> who do you know who the knowledge go Who the who was the designer uh, of the caddies in the fifties that, that uh, with, uh, yeah, I,
1: yeah, I don't yeah, I, so, vaguely remember. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's 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 kind of a Cadillac guy. He's got uh, that and his first Cadillac that he bought was a sixty two uh uh Cadillacs uh, Fleetwood Brome. Delegance, I think, and it was the last year that they actually made Fleetwoods. Kind of, they were hand assembled, and you know, it has little picnic tables in the back, and it's a real, it's a really pretty car. And uh, now that he's getting closer to retirement age, I think he's uh, thinking more about well, those are his retirement dollars, so he's 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 trying to figure out where the market is when it's time to sell them, So
7: six miles to the gallon, probably.
1: Yeah, probably, probably if on a good day. So. Um, you know, but uh but uh, he uh he he has uh in fact he even has um, Ray Mel Dodge Colt Vista. Which wow. do, which doesn't run by the way. So uh so uh because uh Ray used to talk about that on the radio show is Dodge Colt Vista, which has I think seashells glued to the hood, but um uh but it it needs a carburetor that they can't find. So
7: Well they uh, I uh, one of the PBS stations, I think, was I don't know if they still run the old yeah. car talk. Yeah, they still do. Programs. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, I mean, uh, old is new again. BZ is running old Jerry Williams programs. So uh, on Sunday,
1: really, I, I wasn't aware of that.
7: Yeah, ten o'clock uh, free plug here. Yeah, but, uh, at ten o'clock uh, BZ on Sunday night. It's all really old time radio. Yeah, they start off with Larry Glick and David Bradnuy, and um, uh, last week they had. Um, um, uh, Jerry williams interviewing of all people tiny tim wow, and it was bz nineteen circa nineteen sixty seven wow um it um it sounded like it was done live i mean huh. it was still it was still really good um and uh the week before he did a spoof of someone uh, of a husband and wife who were taken up in a uh in a uh, 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 spaceship. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, and uh, a German scientist on with <laughs> a very strong German accent came out of the uh, the kicker of the story is that Charlie uh, uh, Earl came out of out of it, and it turned out, turned out to be Fred Grandy, or early Fred Grandy, I guess, before Love Boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, but it's, yeah. it's kind of fun to listen yep. to, and. Uh, you know why he was the dean when you when you can hear a 50-year-old programs. And they, the, sound they, still
1: sound, they still sound good. And uh, yeah. somebody called in. It was Harley Earl who who designed the catalogs. Ah, thank uh, you. Thank yeah, you. there we go.
7: Well, off to buy some windshield wipers. Thank yeah. you. All right. I'll go look for the Michelin. All right,
1: good luck. Thanks All right, take much. care. Bye Bye-bye. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Phone lines are open. Why don't we take a quick break? Hey, look, and it's Bobby Brooks in the studio. Look,
4: look, look at that.
1: We'll be right back. Well, we have been talking a lot about Cadillacs, and isn't that appropriate somehow? However that music gets uh, comes up. Well, let's see how far we can stress Keith here today. Let's see if we can do some trivia. You ready? Yep. All right. Now, only, and, and maybe this is too soon, but I read last night Peter Fonda passed away. And I think Peter Fonda's most famous role—and I could be completely wrong—is Easy Rider. That's correct. The trivia question is: What was the name of the motorcycle in Easy Rider? It had a name. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm not going to. I've no? never seen the movie. Oh, you've never seen the movie. All right. Well, so what was the name of the motorcycle in Easy Rider? If you know the answer, give us a call at six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty and we will give you a prize. And it will be more than a tire gauge. I, I showed a bunch of kids how to change a flat tire uh this week. And I and I didn't do it. I actually had them do it, but I also showed them and kids today don't know how to check tire pressure. So I showed them how to check t- tire pressure, and afterwards I was noticing a rattle in the car. And I went and made sure the tire was tight. But I left the tire gauge on the roof, and it's been on the roof for about 250 miles, and it never came off. It just rolled around up on the roof of the car for 250 miles, and it never came off. I was, I was surprised. I was like, "Oh, look, there it is." Anyway, so maybe it will be a tire gauge. It won't be that one though. Um, so I had the opportunity to kind of play around with um, another Works product. Uh, Works is you've seen their commercials on TV. Um, and the Works product is the 40-volt HydroShot power washer. And first things first, this isn't a pressure washer. Most pressure washers will produce somewhere between 1,500 and 3,000 pounds of pressure. This, uh, the HydroShot has a 20-volt version and a 40-volt version and a 20-volt brushless version, which I'm not quite sure. A brushless is now the new way to go. Uh, but the 20 volt, the 40 volt hydro shot produces about 450 pounds of pressure, about seven times the water pressure at my house. At least I have about 60 pounds of water pressure, so uh, so it produces about 450. Uh, as far as I know, it's the only power washer that actually can draw water from a freshwater source. Now, I'm not saying if you want to go wash your car, you should stick the hose in your neighbor's swimming pool and suck the water out of it, but you could, I suppose. Um, but, or you can attach to a garden hose. Right. I, I mentioned last week that a reader in the Providence Journal wanted to have, wanted to find some way. He, has a, he wrote to me he has a Jeep, and the Jeep is uh, unlike a lot of people with Jeeps who love to be have the car covered with mud as they're driving away from wherever they go mudding. Um, he wanted to somewhat clean it, and he was bringing five gallons of water in a bucket and trying to wash the mud off. I said to him, this could be an answer to this. You could now it goes through about nine tenths of a gallon per minute, so you have to be a little bit careful about how much water you were really going to use. But you could bring your five gallon jerry jug of water, put the hose in, at least blast the mud off the areas you were most concerned about. Uh and if you were near a stream or a pond or something, you could just refill it and keep doing it with that and get it nice and clean. Um Again, it only uses about nine tenths of a gallon of water per minute. Again, you could go through five gallons pretty quick, but a lot less water than you would with a garden hose, and certainly a lot less water than just trying to dump it on and try to rinse it off. So I think it would work pretty good. So if you're again, if you're near a, a stream or a pond, you suddenly have, or your neighbor's swimming pool, you suddenly have all the water you could use. It's um, the hydroshot's powered by 20 volt batteries, the same 20 volt batteries that are used in other works tools. Um, just like a lot of tool companies now have sort of a one battery system that you can use in, you know, vacuum cleaners and saber saws and all kinds of, same idea. This one combines the two, so you have 40 volts, so you have twice the power. Again, um, it's nice flexibility because if you're cleaning, there's no electrical cord to stumble over. I used to have an electric power washer. Um, it worked okay till I lent it to someone and they didn't drain the water out of it and it froze over the wintertime. But I should have, when I got it back, I should have drained the water out of it. That was my own fault. I thought they would have. But anyway. Oh, um, John, you're perfect. Come on. No, I'm not. Um, but anyway, so uh, again, there's no cords to stumble over. So it, And it's pretty, it's pretty easy to use. Um, it's battery-powered. The runtime is somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour. If you wanted... Uh, if you want a longer runtime, you can get higher capacity batteries. Um, it comes with a battery charger that can re- recharge both batteries at the same time. It takes a couple hours to recharge the batteries. Um, it's a pretty capable washer. If you want to clean off a mower deck, wash siding and windows, wash the car, uh, you know, motorcycle, dirt bike, patio furniture. If you want to pressure wash a deck or something like that that's really dirty, this isn't the tool for it. You need more power than that. So you probably need a gas pressure washer. But if you're just trying to, you know, blast off some patio furniture, some mold and mildew off the side of your house, something like that, it should work pretty well for that. There's also an accessory kit that includes a window squeegee, uh, a 13 ounce soap dispenser, an outdoor power scrubber. So you attach this thing to the end of it, and now all of a sudden you have some hard bristles to work through it. Uh, The Works Hydro Shot's available at Walmart or Lowe's or other stores like that, and it retails for about Two hundred thirty bucks. So, there you go. The works hydro shot. So uh, we have some people that have think they have the idea. Let's go in order. Line three, Peter from the Cape. All right. So Peter from the Cape. Peter from the Cape. Ah, wow. ah turn the radio down, Peter.
5: <laughs> yeah,
1: we're in the, I'm in the car.
5: All right. All hey, it. JJP. Good morning. Good morning. How's the Cape? Um, Is
1: it sunny and warm down there? <laughs>
5: no. Uh, sunny, it's not. Warm, it is. It's right. uh, quite pleasant, though. All
1: right. How's the traffic? How's the traffic?
5: Not bad at all. Really? Okay. I've been cruising around. It's really it's pretty tame.
1: All right. Good to know.
5: Yep. Yeah. So, how have you been?
1: I've been, I've been just fine. I read
5: the answer to the trivia question. You do? I believe. Yes. That famous teardropped gas, motorcycle gas tank on huh? it. Yeah. With the uh, stars and stripes, yeah, it is Captain America.
1: You are absolutely right. It is Captain America. How'd you know
4: that?
5: Well, I was around back in those days, and uh, well, I know, uh, uh, I know the bike. Actually, they made they made uh, three of them that, uh, for the movie. Yeah, and um, and there's still two of them left. One disappeared. Uh, I was, <laughs> you know, some somebody made off with one of them somehow, but. Um, anyway, um, I don't know the whole story, but uh, I remember the movie, you know, and I remember a strange seeing it in Orlando, Florida at the time, and uh, and uh, looking around at a bunch of rednecks. That's how it was back then in '69. Not a lot of good people too, but I remember somebody sat sitting to our right saying, after they got shot with shot after uh, hmm. Dennis Hopper was shot with a the shotgun, they said, "Good." <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: um, because so apparently, apparently the actor Dan Haggerty bought bought the motorcycle at some point and restored it.
5: Yeah, he actually took he he had a, so he was with with them uh, and had something to do with the uh, the movie, taking care of the bikes and all that business. Yeah, uh, I mean he had something to. I remember that uh, he was on that uh, American Picker um, show and. Um, all that came out, Grizzly Adams, right?
1: Grizzly Adams, yeah. you're right, Keith. You're Grizzly Adams, yes,
5: Dan Haggerty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Uh, well, if
1: well, if you were around at that time, uh, how come you're not up at the Woodstock Festival today?
5: Oh, jeez! I went to the first one.
1: <laughs> Apparently, so didn't my brother-in-law, and he's up there. He's up there right now, and he's and he yeah. and he and he got to meet Ringo Starr. while he was can't up there, believe so. it
5: was so far and so long ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was seventeen. I, we rolled in on uh, Friday evening, and uh, anyway, isn't isn't uh, the
1: isn't the story, Peter? If you remember Woodstock, you weren't really there.
5: Yeah, well, that's
4: well, that of course, because of all the drugs,
5: <laughs> and all those people are dead now. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I, I, I Actually, the whole thing turned out to be an interesting experience. But I didn't sleep in the – I slept in a nice, uh, pretty nice Army tent. And, uh, you know, we had a wonderful time. We, we hooked it back out. We were not among the – you know, in the rain and in the swap yep. and thousands of people around you yeah, And we decided against that because it had already started to rain. We, we met some nice guys. So, wonderful. Yeah, you know, really good. Good thing I was happening to be going by there tent, and they had a. They picked out a good place. It was about a, uh, half a mile mm. from, from mm. the site. Peter, yeah, was they were it far enough away? And I just, and I, anyway went there. The, the flap of the tent opened up, and they we started talking. There Peter, you go. I heard I heard the sounds of Poco. You mm. know, picking up the Ooh, pieces. Poco. Their first
1: their, their first album. See, Pe- see, your, your memory, your memory's pretty good, there, Peter. Yes, it is. Yeah, sir. Peter,
5: wasn't it the official fiftieth anniversary, like yesterday
1: or yeah, something? Something like
5: that. Yeah. Yeah. sixteenth. Well, yeah. Yeah, was the like first that. day. I still, I still have three tickets from the that were never torn from from the show. Because by the time we got there, they they they, were no, they, they weren't yeah, yeah, they weren't taking tickets.
1: they weren't taking tickets. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you you yeah. you may you well, may have a thousand people. Yeah, yeah. You may have a collector's item. Well, I think I do. Yeah. So I might even send you one. Wow! Wow, that'd be <laughs> special. How depends generous! On what, depends on what depends on what I win today. Though. All right. But, yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So how about a trip for two around the world? Oh, uh, you're not going to win that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh,
5: <laughs> I don't think so. No. Yeah.
1: But, However, but you know. I might be yeah. able I might be able to scrape up a AAA membership. That would be nice. That would be nice. Stay right there. Keith will get down your yeah. name and address, and we'll send I, that out to you.
5: Uh, you don't have to have access to an old uh, compression tester, do you? Oh, I enjoy doing compression tests on engines. I don't know why. Do you?
1: Do uh, if Fair. if if I have a compression, uh, you know, I gave away most of that stuff because I said, when am I going to use a compression tester again? But uh, uh-huh. if I have if I have one, you never know. Yeah. All right. Stay right there. No, that sounds good. Hey, All well, right. it's good talking to you again. All right. Yep. All right. And Stay your, right
5: there. Uh, your helper there is the best. He's
1: good. Right. All right. Stay right there, Peter. All right, Keith will take care of Peter, get his name and address down. Well, you've probably seen the commercials for Carvana, and Carvana apparently is doing pretty well. Here's the interesting thing, though. Carvana's uh, profit per vehicle was more than $3,000. So so they're making $3,000 on every car that they sell. Online used car retailer Carvana continues to pile up losses as it carries out its rapid expansion strategy, but bullish investors still like what they're seeing. The positives that emerged from Carvana's second quarter earnings reported last week include continual spikes in revenue and retail vehicle sales, a key metric that showed narrowing losses for the first time and a huge improvement over the retailer's gross profit per vehicle. You know, if you're making $3,175 per vehicle, doesn't sound like the consumer's getting that great a deal, but Carvana's gross profit per vehicle uh, rose 46% to 3175 in the second quarter, passing the goal of $3,000 the company set two years ago. After the second quarter, people are realizing that Carvana sets out to do something, and they're in fact tracking what they do, according to uh, B. Riley, an FBR analyst. Um, oh, B. Riley, FBR analyst Lee Knoll told Automotive News. I don't even understand what that just said. But somebody who told somebody something. The kind of validation is important, especially when you're in the newer business model where there's not a lot of benchmarks. A buy rating, Knowles firm said a buy rating of the stock Carvana's share price rose 35% in the last two days. After the earnings were released, Carvana's CEO, Ernie Garcia, touted last week, that just a six-year-old company has swiftly built a model that's starting to pay significant, visible dividends for the first time. Carvana had a decrease in its uh, year-over-year losses on its earnings before interest and taxes depreciation. I shouldn't, I shouldn't knock a company who's wasn't making money. After all, Amazon for years never made a nickel, and now they look at them. They're who knows they're. I have no idea how much money they make, but plenty. Carvana's plans to focus on his marketing budget and buying vehicles from customers to support its gains on per-vehicle profitability, Garcia said. That includes investments in advertising technology. Buying more vehicles from customers is a significant step towards achieving Carvana's long-term goals. During the quarter, Carvana's net losses widened 25% to $64 You know, I... I If I had a business and it lost $64 million, I would be nervous. But apparently when it's someone else's debt, you don't worry about it. Um, but revenue more than doubled, so they made almost a billion dollars. No, I guess they made $986 million. But they lost $64 million. I guess that's not a terrible thing in business. I don't know. Why I'm not in business. Retail vehicle sales nearly doubled to 44,000. Carvana expanded to 28 more markets and was 137 at the end of June. Other analysts remain concerned about the company's cash burn. Morgan Stanley analysts uh, ruled uh, noted in a report that breaking the $3,000 gross profit per vehicle uh, barrier goes against the bear case, disrupting the model. Uh, Morgan Stanley estimates that Carvana will use $336 million of cash in 2019 and $617 million of cash in 2020. Morgan Stanley raised the stock price from $22 to $30. So I guess in the short term, it might make sense to invest in it. Um, I saw the Carvana car vending machine when I was in Florida. They're outside of Orlando, and it really does look like a giant-sized vending machine. And you, I guess you pay for your car. You get this... Las Vegas-like coin, and you uh, you put it in the machine, and your car pops out. I have seen a Carvana uh, car carrier on the road, um, and uh, it's okay, too. So a uh, guy, I, hap- I happened to go to lunch with this guy yesterday, George Morse, and he's at a local Kia dealership, and um, while he was there, he said, uh, breakfast with the car doctor he's down in he's down in Rhode Island somewhere because the Providence Journal's sitting there and my column that's in the journal, which is different than my column that's in uh, the Boston Globe so somebody's still buying the newspaper <laughs> not sure who, but also for our listeners who are also readers of the Boston Globe, I got a this maybe tells a little state of the globe um I got an email from my editor at The Globe, and she said, due to vacations and a lot of other things going on at The Globe, the next couple weeks might be a little tight on help, and they might have trouble putting my column in the paper. So I sent her a bunch of columns that are a little bit rough around the edges. I haven't quite finished them all, and I said, you know, maybe you can use these, and it'll make your life a little bit easier. Um, But just kind of funny that they—I don't know how they get the news in sometimes, but anyway— Keith, do we have a call? Yes, Mike from Bridgewater. Well, let's talk to Mike in Bridgewater then. Michael, is that you? It is John. Good morning
0: to you. Good morning. How are you? You going yeah, so, to you you go
1: out and buy something on the tax-free holiday?
0: <laughs> uh, probably not, especially when the guy from Jordan said it's it's a madhouse. <laughs> anyway, Jordan's furnished. Anyway, well, the I'm calling, it, Mike, it's, <laughs> it's, it's
1: it's funny. Last last week, I decided that I had the kind of a uh, extra day or so. So I decided to replace my bulkhead door at my house. And, Uh and when I originally bought my bulkhead door, it was about $320, the best my memory can remember. And uh, when I went to go replace it, I went to, uh, I went to Cape Cod Lumber because I kind of like doing business with local companies when I can. And I said, "How I much is, how much has yeah. this gone up?" And he, the guy says to me, "When was the last time you bought it?" And I said, "I don't know, like 30 some odd years ago." And he said, "Oh, it's gone up it's gone up about two and a half times." And and, and then afterwards as I'm driving away, I I think I heard the, you know, Jordan's commercial for the tax-free holiday. And I'm like, "I should All have right. waited until this weekend. I could have saved 40 bucks."
0: But there you go. Yeah. <laughs> And we all know, John, frugality is a is a way of life, way of living. Uh, anyway,
4: yeah.
0: uh, the reason the reason I'm calling is by coincidence, you mentioned uh, you know Tom and Ray Maliazzi, Cook and Clack, yep. Brothers, yep. and this is where I first heard about their product, um, yeah, Frigifresh. The reason I was calling this morning well, yeah, is Fresh, I, Yep. I, so I sort of got a a smell there, like you're behind a garbage truck when you turned on the fan. It wasn't as as noticeable with the ac on because maybe that's the recirculation thing you know it's in the cabinet but anyway so i was going to ask if you had any experience with that product or would you recommend any other product because i thought i would try it myself i went on youtube and you know they show you how to take and start it up and windows open and fan on high ac on low and you spray the stuff in the cowl underneath the hood there and uh
1: yeah i mean i i've used i i i've seen Bridgy Fresh and products like that, both at automotive stores and um, heating supply stores, you know, places where you where they sell, you know, oil burner and gas furnace parts and all that, because they, they use the same thing to clean evaporators, and it cleans all the stuff off. You can also just spray the daylights out of everything with Lysol, but then your car kind of smells like Lysol for a little bit. But <laughs> but what, what happens is... Um, the Fridgy Fresh is supposed to encapsulate the mold and mildew, and okay. whether that really works or not, I, I'm not really sure. But it's supposed to, but it's supposed to kind of encapsulate it and seal it a little bit. But the the prob, one of the problems, happens is mold and mildew tends to grow grow where it's you know dark and dingy and damp, and inside where the evaporator is inside the um plenum chamber it's dark and dingy and damp because not all the moisture always drains out especially on humid days and that moisture is what builds up mold and mildew and that's why it smells like a garbage truck or or the you know or the inside of an old refrigerator that hasn't opened in a long time and so that's kind of the reason behind it and you know cleaning it disinfecting it with lysol the other trick that's i mean it sounds kind of silly to do this but um especially in the hot humid weather just before you shut off the car shut the air conditioner off for a minute or so and let the and and turn the fan on um maybe on high for you know 30 seconds or so and that will tend to dry out the inside of the evaporator cha- chamber which helps eliminate the you know as it progresses further so it helps a little yeah bit. that's a good tip yeah. you know i
0: i also was going to try to you know Cognizant of seeing the water underneath yeah. the car, so hopefully the, the drain isn't clogged. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah, you know, and that, and that, that can,
1: becomes, yeah, that can, that can happen too. So sometimes, you know, pine needles and dirt and stuff build up in the evaporator drain, and that causes problems. So,
0: okay, um, just uh, last thing, I'll leave you with uh, kind of a coincidence You mentioned Maxim Motors in Middleborough. are trivia thing: um, they also owned Maxim Blueberries in the next town over in Lakeville, and I can remember 50s, 60s you would go there and you would pick a quart of blueberries, not a pint, a quart of blueberries, a quart of blueberries. and they'd give you ten cents. Yes, ten cents, blueberries, maximum blueberries. That was a big deal. Yeah. And then uh, they would ten cents. And I remember if you didn't mound up the blueberries high enough on the basket, they would take one of your blueberries baskets that you would just spend, I don't know, half an hour trying to pick to fill up a quart, and they would mound the rest out, and they'd say, okay, and that's it. So instead of giving you the... Sixty cents in a car. Yeah. They give you fifty. Cents. That's, huh. it. That's it. <laughs> All right. That's funny. Right. Well, That's thank
5: funny.
1: you.
0: All right. Take yeah. care now. Bye bye. Have All a good right.
1: one. Take care. Bye bye. We, got one more. we have, Let's see if we Quickly, get one Richard quick. Sure. Let's see if we can get one quick call. It. Let's see. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program.
3: Richard, yeah, sure. uh, I brought. Yeah, I brought my Jeep into the dealership because there's a light on, and they said it's the EVAF emission system. Okay. What could I be
1: looking at? You could be looking at anything from a loose gas cap to a bad yep. and what's more than likely the problem is it's probably a bad EVAP pressure pump. So what happens is the system periodically retests uh, tests the system for leaks. So there's a little pump in there that runs and sort of pressurizes the system and if the system yep. it, it if the system has a leak, it'll turn the light on. If the pump isn't working, it'll turn the light on or it could be just as simple as a gas cap loose.
3: Uh what are we looking at for prices?
1: Anywhere from, you know, gas caps, you know Yeah. Twenty bucks to you know, to uh you know, it's a hundred dollar diagnostic fee generally and yeah. you know, add in another, depending on what it is, another hour and a half and you know, maybe another you know, depending on what it is. It could it could just be a could just be a mouse chewed through a hose. So there's it they gotta do a little bit more work. So the diagnostic is gonna tell you whether whether something is wrong. Um, but like I said, it could be a hose that's got a hole in it, a break in it. How old a Jeep is it? Uh,
3: 2011 Patriot with 94,000 miles.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, probably a bad pump, but you, you probably by the time you're done, you're probably looking at 400 bucks.
3: Because uh, they had left over 2018 cars on the lot. I'm looking going, hmm, uh, how, how far are they willing to bend? And, uh, on, the, uh, on,
1: on the 2018s, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're not getting any younger sitting there. I mean, then they will, you know, they will sell for below below cost, and so there may there may be some deals out there. Um, I mean, it's certainly worth looking at. You know, right now there is on 2018 models, it could be up to a two thousand dollar incentive back to the dealer. So, you know, you you might you might find something.
3: All right, appreciate. It. Yeah. All so right. I could be looking at four hundred bucks. Yeah,
1: I mean, so, I would, I would think as a minimum, you're looking at, you know, uh, an hour's worth of labor and an hour's worth of install. So you're looking at a couple hundred bucks right there plus parts. So pretty well, easy. Well,
3: any cars, well, I look at it as any car is worth six hundred bucks. Beyond that, you got to take a deep breath and say
1: you got to decide what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all and,
3: right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of product out there. Thank you. All good right, show. take care.
1: All right, we're running out of time. Well, I want to thank Keith for filling in here. And uh, before, before you go too further, so let Bobby Brooks say hello. Robert. Uh, hello, good doctor. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Somebody's gotta keep track of us. So uh, what do you got going on today for the Irish Hit Parade? Fired up ready
4: yeah. to go.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. We, we, no, we have all the time we want. We're gonna <laughs> we have have time we want. Yeah, we charge. Yeah. Yeah, wait. Hey,
4: listen, I'm taking advantage of the tax oh, weekend. Right. I
1: need a I need a new weed whacker. There you go. Take advantage of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Take advantage of it. Yeah. There you go. That's that's all it goes, So I'm going to take advantage of that. But yeah, thrilled to be back in the big boy chair today mm-hmm. and uh, getting everyone primed and ready for the rest of the for the weekend and just i love coming in studio it. Yep. Fired up. I got my helper. Peter's
3: my son Peter's out there somewhere. Oh good. He's there he's waving to the window. Hi, there Peter. you go. Hey. He's out there. Hey, Peter, oh, Well oh, that means I right. have
5: to give up the big boy,
4: the my, big boy chair now. Yeah, well, that's well, right. Peter that's right. he won for his division and Oh yeah, well I was off the air, wasn't I? Yeah, well, yeah, well yeah, well you Peter, were but we yeah, fixed p- We Peter, fixed. P- Peter is, p- Peter is fixed. with us.
1: Peter is with us, but he yeah. uh, he actually 109 yards out, 8-iron, and hole-in-1. Oh, my goodness. Hole-in-1 for a 12-year-old. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we're going to let him talk about that I a guess bit so. On, yeah. so yeah. Well, I guess so. Yeah, that's the closest I'll ever get. Lucky shamrock there somewhere. Yeah, I had to buy juice boxes for everyone. I bet you yeah. did. I bet <laughs> you did. Hey, until next week, we make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive careful, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.
3: Hannigan was an Irishman, he came from air